Welcome to the Naples Community Church Podcast with Pastor Kurt Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you find this sermon inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. We trust God has great things in store for you. Enjoy today's message. And now, Father, even if our hearts are hard, soften them, O Lord. And Lord, move upon us. Seize our identities. Transform them according to your will. We ask this in the name of Jesus, who is Lord of all. Amen. See, the Apostle Paul is writing to an understudy, Timothy, a young man who is going to be carrying on the work of the church And he gives him a particular set of instructions, the core of which is to be courageous. The the core virtue value of the Christian life is courage. Hear the word of God as it comes to us from the Apostle Paul. Timothy, I thank God for you. The God I serve with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did. Night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. I long to see you again, for I remember your tears as we parted. And I will be filled with joy when we are together again. I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God has given you when I laid hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and love and self-discipline. So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. And don't be ashamed of me either, even though I'm in prison for it. With the strength God gives you, be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. For God saved us, and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserve it, but because that was his plan from before the beginning of time, to show us his grace through Jesus Christ. And now he has made all of his plan to us by the appearing of Jesus Christ, our Savior. He broke the power of death and illumined the way to life and immortality through the good news. And God chose me to be a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the good news. That is why I'm suffering here in prison. But I am not ashamed of it, for I know the one in whom I trust, and I am sure that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until the day of his return. Hold on to the pattern of wholesome teaching you learned from me, a pattern shaped by the faith and love that you have in Christ Jesus. May God add his understanding to this hearing of his word. So not a spirit of timidity. So he's telling Timothy to press it, to press on. Now, when I was like 14 years old, we were at the Calvary Presbyterian Church in Riverside in Southern California. And I went to church 
and was bored. <laughs> and they started a, quote, youth service. But it wasn't much different than the other service. And I went to it, and I was going to be kind of the rebellious one. So I showed up, not in church clothes, but I, I had a particular uh, sweatshirt that was cut off sleeves. I wore that in jeans or shorts or whatever, just to make a point, show these old fuddy-duddies. And then I got to go to a Young Life camp. And I thought, ah, church camp, this means a full weekend of boredom. And was I ever wrong? The first night, a guy came out with a glass. This is my coffee cup. I didn't wash it real well, you can see. Like this, about half full of water. And first guy comes out, takes a toothbrush, dips it in the water, brushes his teeth, takes the water, gargles, and spits it back in. Second guy comes out, does the same thing with the same water. Third guy comes out, does the same thing with the same water, and then he drinks the water. <laughs> and I thought, these are my people. <laughs> they were pressing it. It wasn't ugly humor, it wasn't dirty humor, it was stupid, fun humor. And I thought, and, th and that was just one of the skits. There were all kinds of skits that they were doing. And I thought, where have these people been all my life? Why isn't church a little bit more like this? Why don't we mix it up a little bit in church? Where do I find some people who will press it like this? And... So that was a start. I was in Young Life for my four years of high school and then into college I went to summer camp, I was on staff and so on and so forth. Then in seminary I thought maybe I was gonna go be a high school Young Life leader. But I ended up in doing the very thing I didn't wanna do and that's become a minister. <laughs> but I did learn to press it. We were involved in Bible study every single week. A bunch of guys sitting around with a, um, a Bible that just didn't look like a Bible and talking, laughing, and, and unpacking stuff about our lives as young men. And it was, it was just so powerfully meaningful. And so we, we began to learn and grow and experience the, the joy of what it, mean, what it meant to be a part of uh, not just quote, Christianity, but, but in a personal relationship with Christ. And so what was key was that early exposure, not the, not the dumb skits so much, but that opened the door for me to be welcomed into a, an opportunity to learn about God through the scriptures. Now, <clears throat> we have these books, the year in the Bible books that have been anonymously given by Wally to the church. And he's, he has donated more than 400 of these things. And there, there they are. You'd have to do a little bit of catch up, but 
I want you to know that I've heard from two trustees, one who told me that he was so enjoying this, and it was the first time he'd actually made his way through the, the whole Bible. And another trustee came down from being up north and forgot her Bible up north and wanted to make sure that she didn't get, fall too far behind. And so we turned around and found another one and got it to her because it was so meaningful to her that she had that opportunity to complete reading the whole Bible. The scriptures, it, the, the Apostle Paul says the scriptures are inspired. That means breathed by God, that the breath of God is in the scriptures. They are the primary witness to the incarnation, to who Jesus is. And, and so if we kind of take on that commitment to press it a little bit, then we read the scriptures and, and we learn from the scriptures. We, we attend some Bible studies or we get involved in some kind of collective learning about what the scriptures are all about. See, this, the scriptures, that's what the whole Reformation was all about because the scriptures were being taught only through the church and it was interpreted by the church for the people. And then the Gutenberg Bible came out at the time of Martin Luther and, and here was an explosion of, of learning that occurred because people had access, direct access to the scriptures. So one way that we press it with our faith is by scripture, by learning them, by, by reading it and appreciating what God has said through it. And, and it can be difficult. There's no question about it. But that's why we look at it together. The other is fellowship. So with the guys that I met in Young Life, I ended up doing all kinds of dumb, crazy stuff in high school. And again, it was just dumb stuff. So I went over to Tower Road in Riverside with where a bunch of my buddies lived and one, one of the guys had a great idea. He took a can of gas, poured it on top of a manhole cover and then lit it on the top and it blew the manhole cover off the top. So fun. <laughs> and then, then another friend had a truck, a pickup truck, and we get laundry baskets full of and fill them with water balloons, drive around the streets of Riverside and lob it at cars as we went along. Just fun. <laughs> Such stupid fun. It never involved anything that would, would get us in real trouble, although we did get pulled over once and the cop came up laughing. He had a hard time being serious, but uh, he did tell him to knock it off, tell us to knock it off. But fellowship is so critical. And... <clears throat> You know, we have one person in this church that I run into quite often. And she, she goes by Bill's wife. <laughs> and he goes by Gloria's husband. And Gloria tells me about time and again how she's out with different of you ladies in the church. And every time I hear the story, she starts by saying, we had a blast. Fellowship. It's supposed to be dumb fun. It's supposed to be where we get together, we can laugh hard, we can be together, we can be just utterly human with one another, knowing that we share a common value, which is our faith in Christ. That's what this cruise is about that's coming up in two weeks. 
It's just for us to be together. And we're not gathering over something other than being together. I gave the invocation at the Republican ladies thing on Friday, and I made reference to the fact that we live in a time when the churches are, entering, are emptying, but bars are full. People still want to be in community. That's why they go there. The trouble is the commonality there is drink. The commonality here is the spirit. And so we can press it by being involved in fellowship with one another. That we not be alone, that we be connected, that we have fun with one another. And then we come together in such a setting as this and we reaffirm the core values that are ours in the faith. So the, we, we can press it with scripture and with fellowship. We also press it with service or work, what we do. Because when we, when we work, remember the story of God and Adam in the garden. He put him in the garden to till it and to keep it. When he tills and keeps the garden, he is a partner with God in the stewardship of the earth. So our work is to do what God would have us do. Charles Schultz, who, um, who did the Peanuts cartoon, I know this is dating all of us if we know who, the, who that is. And, and of course, it was not just the, the, the comic strip, but it was also um, Charles, I mean, um, Charlie Brown's Christmas, Charlie Brown's Easter, Charlie Brown's this, and Charlie Brown's, I mean, there was a Thanksgiving one. It was also fun to see this incredibly creative work of, of, of Schultz. And he, um, he, he commented once, he said, a visitor almost never fails to remark, gee, you could work really hard and get several months ahead and then take time off. Being, he says, a slow learner, it took me until last year to realize what an odd statement that really was. You don't work all your life to do something so you don't have to do it. I could talk about Beethoven knocking off a few symphonies so he could take some time off. <laughs> or Picasso grinding out a dozen paintings. We live in a society, he says, that worships vacations and retirement. But why would we do something all of our lives in order not to do it? He simply says that we do something all of our lives so that we might do it, and Charles Schultz, who was a Christian, if he had gone there, he would have said, and, and in this way, we are actually partnering with God with our work. Leonardo da Vinci was working on a painting himself, and um, he was getting toward the end, and he, was, he had this magnificent canvas and the colors and brush strokes, all the subtleties and, and nuances of his capabilities. And one of his students came up and was looking at it over his shoulder. And he, he said to his student, he said, I want you to finish it. The student was terrified. But Da Vinci said, I know that if you take on this task, you'll do your very best. 
That's how it is with God and us. If we take on a task, we will press it. We will do our very best because we have entered into the work, the master work of the Lord. And likewise in our church, we have a man who has started a ministry. And this is a man who has struggled with his health. And as he's struggled, he's tried to figure out where he could find someone to talk to about it. And when he started looking into it, he found out that everyone, all the groups around there, out there that that had anything to do with cancer were women. And so he started a group that is called the Men's Alliance for Cancer. Men's Cancer Alliance, pardon me. And with that, our dear brother Brian Vale is bringing hope and help to many men who are struggling with cancer and struggle with it alone and carry on the best they can. And now he's bringing some in and he's partnering with them, but even when he loses them, then those men know that they're not alone, but they've had a fellowship around them. But Brian, in his own affliction, has realized, as he said to me, coming in church, I think it was just last weekend, because they had bought a car that looked like a soccer mom car, and he came in driving a car that looked like something with muscle to it. He said, life is short, and it is. And so we, we live this life pressing it, pressing it, so that we might be a glory to the God who made us and fulfill the high calling to which we've been called. Will you join me in prayer? And dear Father, you have pushed back from the canvas and given us the colors and the brushes and called upon us to do our best. And so, dear Lord, may we have the courage to press on to the high calling to which we've been called. In your name we pray. If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.naplescommunitychurch.org. If you happen to be visiting Naples, please drop in for our Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to meet you. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fabulous day.